From 1965 to 1980, a generation was born on this planet into a world they didn't create. This generation promptly experienced video games, VCRs, and the chicken nugget. Today, still remembered through movies and music, that generation thrives as middle-aged men and women. If you are bored, if you want to learn something new about something you already know, and if you can stand them, then maybe you should listen to The Latchkey Files. Okay, welcome. We uh, we had a really interesting discussion. We thought it was going to be kind of short, but we started to talk about the toys that we grew up with, and that that got away from us, right, Coach? I mean, it, we there's a lot to talk about. We, we did mainly because we started to realize things as we were going. So we thought we would do a completely separate one, and what we're going to talk about today is one of my favorite childhood experiences, and that's going to be the the action figure. Which, let me clarify, was not called a doll at any point when I was younger. It's always been action figure. But little did I know, and probably most of our listeners don't know, the history and the story behind why the action figure became so popular. And it started with one of the most groundbreaking, most popular movies of all time, and that would be Star That's Wars. That's right. I mean, Coach, you remember right. seeing Star that. Wars, iconic movie from 1977. Um that's where we get the term blockbuster from, when you have a line that goes around the block. That's a blockbuster. And this is the first film, really, to successfully market toys based off the movie. I mean, prior to Star Wars, you didn't, there weren't, you know, my... You couldn't buy, like, the Jaws Shark? You couldn't buy the Jaws Shark. Or any yeah, of that? you couldn't buy um, my dinner with Andre action set or Holly <laughs> Go Lightly figures. <laughs> Breakfast at Tiffany collection. But it, it, so it's such a new idea. Action figures, Star Wars, it's the movie and all the people behind it, they weren't ready themselves for this idea. So um, Kenner, who eventually were, uh, did market the toys, they weren't really ready for this. Now, some of this had to do with George Lucas not being willing to sort of release his character designs and vehicle designs because he's worried about piracy and stuff like that. So that was a little bit of a bump. But largely, this was just because this was completely uncharted territory. People just had not made action figures from a movie. So, Which is crazy to me because that's such a standard oh, yeah. thing. From the time I can remember, there was action figures. There's still action figures. I mean, it's, it's just bizarre not to, a thought. to think that there I mean, was never a thing take before. Take yourself back in, in movie making where movies were just movies. That's all they were. They weren't ways to get other platforms done. A lot of people consider Star Wars to not only be iconic in the sense of no one had seen a movie like that, but movies suddenly became more than they were. They were just big deals. And toys was a lot of the ways that happened. So you have Kenner. They're going to make the toys, but they're not ready for this unprecedented response. They, are, they have nowhere near the stock that they need to have. So here comes Christmas. And, the, you know, your, your parents. Which is huge for toys. That's all about, right? right? They don't have the stock. They're not ready. So what you could buy as a parent, an early bird certificate package. This wasn't the toy. This was a voucher, a certificate that your kid could get that said, send this back in, and then we'll send you the toys when we've got them made. Okay, so, so think hold of on. I know, I'm, I'm, I know I'm a little younger than you, but let me get this straight. I come downstairs Christmas That's morning. Right. I'm excited. Yes. I see something Star Wars-wise. I'm assuming it's Luke Skywalker, maybe Chewbacca, Han Solo. And instead, I open it up and I get a... A certificate. A certificate. 
That's and then hmm. by the way, it's a certificate not of ownership. It's like it's more like a voucher that says if you send this back, so you've got to send it back to Kenner to redeem it, and they'll send you the action figure when they've got it made. That might be June, by the way. So, so <laughs> I mean, I, I'm wondering how the parent was able to convince the child that Santa still exists. He just got backlogged, <laughs> so you're not getting not any Star Wars figures. You <laughs> know, and you wonder, did they use the Star Wars mythology while the Empire intercepted your... I think it's poor George Lucas wouldn't let Santa in on the plan, so he couldn't make him. Lucas and Santa are on a roughly equal footing. <laughs> so they had only released Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia, Chewbacca, and R2-D2. Those are the first four. And so if you bought them in a, like a, you had the little packaging box, you got a little display stand, a diorama, like had a background, so you could stand them up and pretend they're wherever you want them to be. Um, there were stickers or decals you could have as well. You got a Star Wars fan club membership card. So that's that's important. You're not getting in this treehouse unless you have that Star Wars. You say you're in the Star Wars fan club. <laughs> I need that membership card, countersigned <laughs> by George Lucas himself. So eventually, of course, they're in direct sale in shops. You don't have to catalog shop or anything. Um, and the range is now a little bit bigger. Now you've got C-3PO, Darth Vader, you got your sort of generic Stormtrooper, you got Obi-Wan Kenobi. Of course, in those days, it's the Alec Guinness Obi-Wan Kenobi. Right. Uh, Han Solo, you got little Jawa guys, you got your little sand people, and of course, you have the, the necessary Death Squad commander. The, no, no Star Wars collection. You've got to have that one. Well, see, I had all, I mean, I'm going to fast forward a little bit because I remember around Return of the Jedi, that's when I had all of, you know, these sort of things. And I remember having the Ewok Village, that sure. was big, and the Millennium Falcon and, and all that. So Star Wars, that was huge. Right, because after huge. you get past the figures, now you've got vehicles and accessories. Oh, and it's, it's never ending. And, and But I, I want to emphasize, because this is going to be different later, the original movie, Star Wars, it was not designed or marketed or in any way when it was made. No one was thinking, you know what we're going to do? We're going to make toys out of this. It was just a Crazy. Film. Um, now, one of the other figures, and I'll ask you if you had one, the Boba Fett, but with rocket fire. He had a little rocket pack, and you could shoot little rockets off his back. No, I had the I had the regular. I remember having a regular. That's right. And there's Boba a reason Fett. you didn't have that rocket firing Boba Fett. Um, but other toy lines that had similar issues, like fire this little rocket, well, those are choking hazards. Hmm. So either the Boba Fett figure was only released to very small numbers or it was like never released at all because they realized this could actually kill somebody. So can you still get, like, can you find they one anywhere? sell at auction for $150,000. $150,000 for, 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 for a Boba Fett. For now, of course, movie. if you're on Pawn Stars, they tried to sell a the show, the show the TV Pawn show? Stars. Uh, okay. Seller had one, was offered a hundred grand, and turned it down. He's turning down a hundred thousand dollars for an action figure because he's being lowballed. He figures. <laughs> so he's. I'm not moving out of my mom's house until I get a hundred and fifty thousand dollars for right, my action figure. Anyone says different is you know. <laughs> I've been saving this for forty six years. Sir? <laughs> this is a bona fide choking hazard. So that, I mean, this is where we're, we're just setting the stage now. This is the beginning of this movement of this, hey, wait a minute, entertainment can also lead to action figure, and that's going to get flipped not that many years later, right, Coach? 
No, the really the the watershed moment is as we mentioned in the other podcast, the Ronald Reagan deregulation of the FCC, essentially allowing people to target children in terms of advertising. So that those of you who you know my age again, looking at um, basically if you were a little kid in the '80s, you got thrown up with commercialization of many things. And what I never realized is essentially we we were manipulated <laughs> completely. And I am not complaining because I enjoyed being a little kid in the '80s. Which brings us to on the opposite side, Star Wars comes out first in a toy line. We're going to talk about something that was a toy line first and then became a television series and then a award-winning, well, I'm not going to lie, it's not award-winning anything, <laughs> but it became a movie. Iconic, though. And Still it's iconic. It's an iconic, certainly I'll give you reasons. iconic. Yeah. Right, yes. And, of course, we're talking about He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Got to love the hyperbole. I, Gotta love you, you, you need that, which uh, basically was released by Mattel in about 1982, only these weren't like the three and three-quarter inch Star Wars or G.I. Joe. These were five and a half inch. Now, He-Man itself was inspired by the idea of like Conan the Barbarian. Okay. But I think, uh, you know, version. Conan's favorite. Yeah, we're not going <laughs> to. Drive your enemies before you and make widows and hear the lamentation right, yes. of the women. Hear the lamentation of yeah. the women. Coming yeah, on a little strong. Crush your enemies. Conan's um, coming on a little strong. He-Man's a little. So, yeah, so He-Man's a little nicer. And, and you know, again, five and a half inch. I remember having, having these. But when it was, it was first out, he's. Released the two main characters. You got He Man, who's the most powerful man in the universe, and his arch enemy, who's Skeletor. He was known as the evil Lord of Destruction. And they also had a couple, you know, sidekicks. You had Man at Arms, if you remember him, or Beast Man, which was kind of Skeletor's henchman. And then, of course, Battle Cat, which I thought was really cool at the time. Until you actually put He Man on top of Battle Cat, it didn't look didn't as work. cool. I mean, he was designed to ride was it, it, but. a scale I don't problem? Know. Like. Did, did it just didn't heels look touch the ground. He, well, they had Battle Cat. The it was like bigger than a horse, and it just didn't. It looked cool by itself when you put him on there. Somehow, I don't know. To me, it work. just looked. It just didn't sell it. But by 1987, there were 70 whoa, whoa. of these. 17. Figures. No, no. 70. Seven zero. He man. Seven separate zero. He man figures. Inevitably, that is going to be the downfall, which I will get to. But so, in order to promote the toy line, they decided to create the cartoon. Now. I completely remember this. It came out in 1983, and it wasn't until much later that this, I didn't realize this was unusual, but the syndicated daily cartoon, this was one of the first ones. Before it was all your, you know, reruns on Saturday mornings and things like that, this was the first one. I remember rushing home, because I had to get home to watch the beginning of, of He-Man, where you see, you know, the the cartoon was still you know you had prince adam though who's the alter ego of he-man he lives in eternia and he's supposed to be kind of meek and feeble which was basically how you know any kid to sort of look at himself until he would grab the sword oh and battle cat was cringer the he was all scared and everything and then he-man would grab a sword and he'd yell i have the power and i still remember being a little kid saying that with him and i <laughs> i felt it and he he turned from that meek and feeble Prince Adam to the mighty He-Man. And he'd say, by the power of Grayskull, I have the power. And, you know, he had some sidekicks. He had uh, Orko, who was a troll and magician. He was kind of the comic relief, sort of from the standpoint of, of uh, you know, your standard kid. Uh, but, oh, that was very, very popular. Um, you know, it ran for, for a couple years. And um, 130 total episodes. But let's go back to the toy line. And with the peak of the popularity, essentially, um, 
well, one thing I remember. They were the first ones I remember. So I had the reg- regular He-Man, mm-hmm. and then I found out I was missing this new He-Man. This was uh, the He-Man with battle armor. So it was the regular He-Man, only he had uh, you know, shield, a plate shield that went over his chest. And if you touched it, it would spin up. So you had one with no dents on it. When you would touch it, it would oh, spin, okay. and then you would have some with dents. And I thought that was so the coolest thing so in the world. you could world. have Skeletor hit him. And then he's been damaged now. Damaged. Right. And then I remember my dad, he, he said, didn't you just, didn't I just get you one of these? I said, no, oh, this, is, this is completely so different. The Look armor wasn't an accessory piece that you attached to your already existing. No, it was a whole different figure. Was the Adam figure a completely different figure on top of that? That was a completely different figure. So now you have three different incarnations of He-Man. Correct. And, you know, being a product of divorce, I'm sure that I pestered my parents for. So you could have your Adam guy. He said he wore like a vest. It was was like a pink vest with like purple pants. Okay. So you could have Adam walking around in a spring collection doing what he's doing. Right. And then if you want to convert him, you just switch out the figure. You just switch it out, and you've got a whole new thing so, happening. And you can either go into battle bare-chested or with the with the battle armor, fresh or damaged. Thing. Yeah, there's a lot you of know what? You seem to you seem to be as confused as my dad was <laughs> when he looked at me with like Don't shame and disappointment that he had to spend all this money uh, on me. But by 1987, the He-Man sales declined by 98 percent in one year. That's crazy because <laughs> it went from being you know one of the top sellers to completely out of the top 20, and it was essentially because of bad marketing. They kept they they had a spinoff series called uh, She-Ra, who was supposed to be He-Man's sister, and they tried to bring the girls oh, in I like see, to try I and see. this was a, an all male dominated. Yeah, He-Man is a pretty masculine it's pretty, name I, there. I, th- I think that, yeah, that he, doesn't, there's not a lot male of... Male pronoun, then man, yeah, as if that isn't there's enough. There's not a lot of gray area in that <laughs> one. Uh, so, yeah, they uh, they did not foresee it. Master of the Universe, I still remember if you, around this time, going to toy stores and you would see just bins of these Masters of the Universe because nobody wanted these extra ones and they just kept piping them out. So that was the end and they did one final thing and they tried to see if they could bring it back by coming out with the Dolph Lundgren oh, the live action. reimagined yeah. live action uh, He-Man, which I, you know what, I thought it was, it was well, it was different than the cartoon. It, it went a little differently, uh, different kind of universe, some different characters, but it wasn't good. <laughs> So Dolph Lundgren, so not I, even Frank good. Langella could carry that. No, as Skeletor. No. But although he was, didn't you say he said that was one of his he, favorite I roles? I think I remember reading he thought that was one of his best roles, his favorite roles to play. So not that not is, Richard Nixon and Frost Nixon. You got to go with Skeletor. No, that's too easy. Anyone can There's do Nixon. Skeletor. <laughs> Everyone does Nixon. Doesn't do a Nixon. Come on. <laughs> but Skeletor against yes. Dolph Lundgren. Do you method so there's act been that some, one? Yeah, or? that was that. I don't think it did very well either i don't remember i was still you know young at the time i was only 10 but i still yeah i mean he-man that was one of the the pivotal toys that defined but the as 80s. you said i think the important point here was it was a flip it was build the toys and then we'll make a cartoon around it so that meant the cartoon the the sort of story decisions the narrative decisions were just to drive toys no, as you look at it now, now that I'm saying it, and I'm sure some of our listeners are realizing it too, these cartoons, if you go back and look, are nothing more than like 30-minute commercials for the toys. Like, And every time they'd release a new idea in the cartoon, you would want to go out and get Which that toy. Which already existed. I feel, 
They're not catching yeah, up. But they're I didn't know. The other they're, way. they're just they're putting it into my idea or my head. They're giving me the idea as a little kid, and of course I go to my parents with what they call the pester power, mm. and I pester them to and all my relatives. For I didn't. This was not exclusive to my parents, siblings, aunts, uncles. So that's everything. an example. So we got toys. two different examples here. One, the Star Wars movie, and then make a toy line from it, and not being ready to do that. It's the complete right. opposite with. He-Man, no, let's make a toy line, and then we'll create a show to promote it on the other right. side. Right, and then that opened up the floodgates. And now, you're, and now we've got that, everything. Right. We've got everything. So I'm sure our, our people will remember the one of the most iconic action figures of all time, and that's G.I. Joe. Uh, he goes all the way back. So when I talked about you didn't have action figures for movies, this is still true, even though G.I. Joe was around in 1963. Now, he was the 12-inch. This is a very big, the big one. figure. Right. Uh, America's movable fighting man, and some of you might have even had the G.I. Joe with Kung Fu grip, a little lever. I keep hearing about it, but lever. I don't think I've well, ever just, actually seen it. He just squeezed his hand. So that's all it did, was he had a hand that was open, then it was closed. But you can't just say, closes his fist. That's not enough. Kung Fu. Kung Fu grip, which I don't know <laughs> what that is. Anyone who's proficient in Kung Fu, I don't know if there's a special grip you use. Um, so this is a Hasbro toy. And you have different versions of the fighting man. So you have Rocky, he's the Marine, and Skip is the sailor, and Ace is the pilot. So you have the branches of the military. I guess I didn't I guess know that. Coast Guard didn't quite get in there. Just, just these, <laughs> Thank you, these ma'am. Guys. You must be very <laughs> proud, miss. Um, so then we just, so they had all that, and they just, nope, we're going to just go G.I. Joe because it's more universal. Of course, the irony there is G.I. is government issue. You can't imagine anything right. more generic. That's something labeled GI. But it sounds really yeah, cool. GI Joe. And Joe, you know, let's think of the most basic male name we can think of, Caucasian name. Government, Government issue, issue Joe. Joe. So then they get into the smaller action figure game in 82. So they're. No, this is where yeah, I so came They're in. starting yeah. to come around to, okay, I guess the 12 inch, that's no good. Let's get back down to the scale. And now it's GI Joe, and they, they add to it real American hero. Right, and so now, now that's that's adding into your Star Wars and He-Man stuff. No, that was right up there with with he. I mean, most boys that I knew in the '80s could could understand exactly what I'm talking about. GI Joe was another one where you had to go watch the cartoon, you had to have the figures, you pretended that you were the judge. This is probably why I joined the army, wow. is because of GI Joe. I know now that I'm looking at that and. Stallone I don't know if it's an easy one to one. Well, it was. It was. I was sitting there. You know, I remember playing guns. We would have the GI Joe. They they had little toy guns that went like you know larger scale ones. But we had all those figures. We'd play for hours mm-hmm. with these figures. I mean, my dad even gave me a flower garden in the backyard. Oh, for like a battlefield. For a designated. This was where I would put all my toy, and we we would do that. We would and play did for you? Hours. Here's the question I'm interested in. Did you mix genres? Did you have G.I. Joe battling against a stormtrooper and then He-Man it would happen from It would happen from time to time. But we would get into, I guess, like, you know, these cosplay sort of situations. It's all G.I. Joe. But, yes, when I was messing around, we would get Luke Skywalker against Duke. See, I like Gun-Ho that. I like because there's an imagination. You've got to decide. We, we combined, combined you've both got worlds. To, That's how bad Cobra was. We had to bring Star Wars in to get rid of you've got Cobra. to make a decision. You've got to make sort of this narrative decision. Okay, how actually, how good is Luke Skywalker in comparison to G.I. Joe in a Tomcat? Like, what? You had right. to make these value statements. No, and maybe 
<laughs> this is why we had such great imagination. So and so now you have GI Joe, and they had like, didn't they come with like file cards and like? Yeah. So you IDs, would buy. You would buy. Dog tags. Get yeah. You would get the. Uh, you would get the action figure, and in the back, it would each come with a little like profile that had a picture and allegiance and code name and you could really go in depth with some of these i mean they had the birthplace and the rank and all that i still remember if you bought enough and sent it out or sent it back that you had these proof of purchase Mm -hmm. you would get the special sergeant slaughter and they also had a william the refrigerator perry figure that you could send away for kind of like how the star wars had the emperor that you would send away for yeah but now we're really busting genre because now we're dealing right. with actual real people. Like, oh, yeah. No, they did. Yeah, Sergeant Slaughter, the wrestler. Well, that's like a borderline William the real fridge. person. Because that's an actor playing a character. <laughs> a, but yeah, but William Perry's a, a real guy. He's a real guy. So, so you might have a, a, a overweight defensive lineman for the Bears going up against. But he was ready to fight Cobra. I didn't remember his weapon. You're going to th- – man, just saying Perry had a weapon? I stupid. His body was, wasn't his he weapon? Had a, he had a football – on like a, a rope that he would swing. Uh, that was his supposed to be. I'm not now. Perry it sounds a, really really dumb as I'm saying star it out loud. Football. Yeah. Well, he did score a touchdown in the Super Bowl. This is so, true. You know, this is it. So I had all that. I had the uh, the Sky Striker, which was supposed to be like the F14. This is hot on the hills of Top Gun. You know, I had the Cobra Rattler. I had the Dragonfly. These are all, these I had the, are tank. All the armored, the military vehicles that went with. We them. had those, and then the, the 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 one, the Holy Grail, was the aircraft carrier. Oh wow! And my parents wouldn't get it for me, but the the, the kids down the street got it. And I remember it was huge. I mean, it was I don't know how many feet it was. It was huge, but we went and they they got that, and we played with that for days, weeks, months. It was amazing. And probably had to, you had to invent little scenarios and like. Of oh, course we did. No, everything was either playing off what we knew about the characters, or sometimes we would invent our own. But either way, I mean, we spent great number of hours, you know, dedicated to our own imagination, which was great. It was fun. Well, going along with that, you had now see all of these toys as wonderful as they are. They're their own thing. Like the, the uh, the um, the tank is a tank, and GI Joe's a right. GI Joe. It's not until uh, the Japanese company Takara comes out with a toy that could change into something else, and that's of course their Transformer line. So right. now Huge. you've got this. Hey, wait a minute! It's a car, but it's also a robot. It's a little two-in-one thing. And I think you remember their taglines. Do you remember their? And they'd said it in sort of a robotic voice. Yeah, they would say it was uh, robots, robots in disguise, in disguise more, more than, than meets, meets the, the eye. eye. Right. Yes. So, aha. Absolutely. See, it's, it's, it's things. And they had a storyline too with the Autobots were the good guys, the heroes. With Optimus Prime as the leader. And Decepticons were the right. were the evil guys. Now that's our version. In Japan, they were the Cybertrons and Destrons. Hmm. I think that that kind of faded away with Autobots and Decepticons. So these these Takara guys create the toy line, um, and there's like knockoff sort of lesser versions of that. Yeah, I don't want to. I'm gonna. I don't want to make this you is bitter. A sad. No, I, yeah, no. Okay, so my aunt, I had to stay with her over the weekend, and she said if I did well in my baseball game, she would buy me a Transformer. So I was all excited. Did well in the baseball game. Um, she drops me off of the house with the uncle. She goes to the store. She comes back with what she believes to be a Transformer, but in fact it was a GoBot, ah. which those listeners remember the GoBots were the cheap wannabe, even though they came out around the same time, if not before, they were still not nearly as cool as these huge Transformers. So 
Yeah, God rest her soul, because I love her, and she did her best, but how do you not know the difference between <laughs> freaking Transformer and a GoBot? No. Uh, I don't know. So you're willing to accept that it was a mistake? Oh, it was complete. Like She was born during the Great Depression. Like She's probably looking at everything like, I don't know. What, what is all this? Right, and then asking, what, is it a, is it a, is it a car or is it a tank? What does this do? Oh, is this changes. a jet? Whoa. That's it the depends. whole point. It doesn't now, they like also that. had, and they, they also had media to go with it. Right, Transformers had. They media. had a car. They had a cartoon, right? But it wasn't. It didn't quite have the same synergy that a He-Man did, where one was specifically designed to feed the other. No, I think it was just again. Now that just think about all these cartoons back in the '80s, they were just commercials for the toys that had some decent. Because plots. by now we have had we are we are now synergy. We are now making toys and shows and movies. It's one in the, the same. same. Right. It's all just woven. Right. In. And exactly. as we think about our lives now, we think, well, that. That's naturally how it is. Of course it is. Why else would it be any different? Well, it wasn't always that way. But we've no. now entered into in, in the mid-80s, mid and late 80s, where we just have the synergy. And a lot of it, as you say, came from the Reagan deregulation, kids are fair game kind of attitude. Uh, that, that we can get into things like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, Teenage Mutant. I still remember those. I had those. The... Uh... Leonardo, Donatello, right, Raphael, Michelangelo. of all things. No, yeah. exactly. That's the whole thing. And they're all led by this, or they're uh, instructed to be ninjas from a, a mutant rat, rat yeah. named Splinter. And uh, they're against the evil Shredder. I had all those. And I remember watching the cartoons. Well, you got to remember, we were the latchkey kids. Mm -hmm. I went home. I had no parental supervision for hours. So I would watch my cartoons, eat my peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I wasn't allowed to turn the stove on or work the uh, <laughs> microwave at that point. And I'd go out and I'd play with my toys. That's what we now would do. If I do. remember right, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, at least part of it's got to be that that name is just, just sort of rolls off the tongue. But I think it, it was a comic book first. I believe you're right. Or, or, I'm it started sorry, graphic off like novel. The, I don't want to insult. The, yeah, the conception yeah. of it, right. But I think it was, that was a fairly dark, little darker. The it same been, way right. that um, if He-Man was based on Conan, they're gonna, we're going to soften this up a little bit. Right. I tried not to read a lot back then, so it's quite <laughs> yeah, possible. You're not, He-Man isn't the gateway to the Robert Forward no, story. <laughs> so, but and again, we're, we're now in a, a very synergistic time period where the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and their toy line, it's, it's all one and the same. And they right. made movies. I think they may even still be doing this. They've been redoing um, them, yeah. To try and recap. Just when I this. thought they took enough money from me in the '80s, like my sons are taking money from me now with these movies. You get. Um, you also can go into the Voltron. The whole oh, remember that thing. Voltron? Sure. That was an interesting concept. Where that was the one where the it was the the three teams. You had the Aqua Fighter and the Turbo Terrain, which was the land team, and the Strato Fighter, which was the air team, and. You know, if given enough, all three of these teams would form the mighty, the vehicle, which became Voltron. So that was a pretty cool concept. It, now we're capturing that, that Transformer energy a little bit. It, it's very similar. In right? all of those types of shows, because I was more interested in the narrative, what always used to get me about the Voltrons and the Transformers and everything, you had some sort of trump card. You know, if we assemble, we can make an unbeatable machine. But inevitably, right. in the story... They would attempt to fight the evildoer. So why not just what assemble? You have is what the you're trump card. Why Let's not just, just start off it? with that? And then it would always arrive at that. Well, I guess we got to go to the we got to go to the super machine. <laughs> just do that first. Well, because that allowed them to introduce other toys that oh, no. my parents I, would then have to buy. I fully know. You're not thinking the big the picture. Merchandise here. reason. 
Right. It was just narratively we speaking. We can't just be around as the trump card. <laughs> but you, have a, you have an eight-minute show. We're just going to go straight now, to I re- No, you're right. I mean, there were so many of what we went. I remember there was this uh, unknown one called Mask where were these tiny tiny figures that would come around. That was a cartoon. Not the Cher movie. But the, no, no. Not, not, a lot of, Dennis, not a lot of action no. figures came out no, of that, that one. No, that – gosh. Can you, Turns okay. out. All right. But too, we're going to move dark. on from that Keep one. it light. Keep that it light. <laughs> <laughs> Thundercats, that was a big one. Yeah. yeah. We had uh, Lino and Chitara and Panther. That was a big one of that. Uh, the WWF wrestlers. Back then, before you WWE, it was with WWF. Slaughter a little bit, yeah. Yeah. They had the, uh, the Hulk Hogan, and there were these rubber figures that they didn't move at all. They just stayed, but you could throw them against the wall. You had Macho Man. I had Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. I had all these. We'd just play around, and they were, they were larger. They were bigger than He-Man, but they wouldn't move. They were oh, just okay. a molded piece of, like, rubber or something, whatever it was. And then for those that remember the little muscles, they were these small little figures that you could buy a big tub of, and they had like a wrestling ring that went with it. I mean, even Rambo had his own toy line okay. from the series. Okay. Yeah, that came out, the Forces was of Freedom. Was that significantly after the film? The It was significantly after first, first Blood. First it probably blood. came out right after Rambo, First Blood Part well, 2. Because, again, I don't want to make this point too clearly, but now we have established film action figure these things can be sold together right i mean even karate kid well, had had a an act i'm starting I, to push the envelope they had, here but they had an action figure where you you could it, it was a you had miyagi you had daniel and it did like a judo or like a karate chop i remember that i i, I know i had one of See, those what i'm more interested in there is how far down the list of characters are they willing to go like no, they didn't go very much. It was like one release. The they didn't, they didn't get like figures. Judy from uh, Newark, New Jersey mother, character. Are you going to get <laughs> how far into Cobra Kai do you go past Johnny Lawrence with action figures? Do you have a right, Dutch action have, figure? You have a Dutch. You've got Bobby. You've got Freddy, his friend. And that, like, oh, I got the Freddy. Freddy Fernandez one. Yes. How am I going to do the All Valley tournament? Unless now, I, a lot of people don't. Yeah, if I, I don't, don't have, have Freddy Dragon on my Fly side, Warrior, how am I going to do this? You know, he's not. He's so not they, that good. He's not that good. No, they had all that. They had. I remember Ghostbusters had its own toy yep. line that came up after. Well, they also didn't. They, they do a cartoon on top of that. They yeah. did that, but that came out after. If you remember, there were two Ghostbuster cartoons. Yes. One was called the Real Ghostbusters. It was like a Donkey yes. Kong sort of kind of thing, and then you had the Ghostbusters based on the movie when it was Slimer yes. and that sort of thing. Both both had cartoons and. So toys. we have all of these movies. I mean, it all comes back to Star Wars, and that was almost an accident. I mean, it was not planned. Right. It was, they did not intend for that and to yet, happen. And yet here we are where if you, I don't know if you still have them in your attic or wherever, if you still have your old action figures, you could dig them out. That is a sore subject. Oh, sorry. Don't want to get into the, the bitterness there. When I went in basic training, my dad got rid of everything. When you went to, into the armed forces. I guess he figured that if I'm old enough actually to, have a real weapon. To, to fight and I don't need to pretend to be G.I. Joe anymore. Because you so actually all are G.I. Joe now. Apparently, yes. <laughs> do they teach Kung Fu Grip in basic? That I do not remember that exactly. Today we're going to go over Kung Fu Grip. Because we all grip, know. But they did call us G.I. Joe. Oh, it's really? kind of a pejorative thing. Oh. Well, there you go. Yeah, that's all full circle. Joe. So that's, it's all that's how we come circle. back to action figures <laughs> impacting the real world. Well, I hope you enjoyed our little trip down memory lane. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Latchkey Files. If you'd like to experience more from us, you can find Sean O'Brien's science fiction books on Amazon, Nook, Audible, and most other book and audiobook retailers. 
You can also go to his website at seanobrienauthor.com. And if you're looking to get in better shape, both physically and mentally, check out Chris Varner's lifestyle and fitness YouTube channel called Just a Dad Bod.